One last shot. Wired wide of the goal by Blutschnevich. Who was probably looking at the hat trick there. That's why he shot it. And the Blues will skate off here with a victory. And well-earned victory. It was a really good game until it kind of fell apart in the yeah. third period. Leaf Station postgame here. It is time for the walk to the subway. Yeah, we got to bring it back. Gordo, this is, you know what? It's time for, we all got to own our mistakes. The Leafs have a couple mistakes to own, and we'll get to those. I'm going to own mine. Gordo, you told me at the beginning of the season we are bringing back the walk to the subway, and I've kind of forgot to bring it up every single postgame show. So as good a night as any, not not the most happy walk to the subway tonight, Gordo. Yeah, a lot of people, the early walk to the subway. But I, <laughs> there I, been that. I go back to when I used to uh, catch the subway at College Station mm. to go home and uh, got off at Davisville Station when I was younger, then got off at Shepherd later and took you the Shepherd. You want to shout out any other Shepherd 85 stations? bus, or you can okay. get off at Eglinton and take the Leslie 51 bus. I was a big Weston 89 which, guy growing whichever up. Whichever way I'll you wanted to go. There. But just you would walk to the subway, whether my brother Bob or my buddy John Fox or my buddy Chris Manis. Teddy Honolulu. You, Teddy, I didn't know Teddy Honolulu yet. Oh, but sorry. You, but you just were like a, an exciting game. You're bing, 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 bing. And even if it's a so-so game, you're just kind of going over everything. It's kind of a rehash time. So I always thought this on Leafs Nation post game was kind of the walk to the subway feel that you didn't want to start getting down analytically about, you know, this, that, whatever. Just, hey, things that hit you. Simmons, couple of big hits early. Nylander, couple of nice goals, then some gaffes, you know, then too much St. Louis Blues and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely too much St. Louis Blues, I should probably mention. Uh, final score here at Scotiabank Arena is 6-3. The Blues doubling up the Leafs. Leafs unable to win their their third straight game. And, you know, we, we were sitting here after two periods. Okay, that's a, this is a tight game. Leafs have been able to tie it up. Up three three heading into the third, and you know the Leafs they they give up the four three goal, and from kind of that moment on, they definitely had their chances. They they push back, but it, it, you know outside of the the little glimpses of offense, uh, you know it felt like the Blues kind of salted this game away. And I should mention, it's not the reason they lost the game. There probably wasn't too many men penalty that should have been called on St. Louis right before they score the 4-3 goal. It was so identical to the one that was called on yeah. the Leafs. And uh, Wes McCauley, who's as good an official as there is, uh, called that. And this one you thought he was going to give it. I mean, it was so identical. And uh, so I'm with you that it should have been a penalty. Then when you give up a goal 30 seconds later, yep. it's irrelevant. I, th I think, too, the Blues had a 2 nothing lead. Then the Leafs tied it, and that you know that's a lot with a yep. team like St. Louis being able to tie them. But you know the thing, Brad, is you never had the feeling Leafs had control of the game, right? No. You just never had that feeling. Uh, you know, even you know when they scored that third goal, and then all of a sudden St. Louis scored right away. You know, it just it just never got that moment that you go, yeah, like the game against Pittsburgh. Austin Matthews scored 20 seconds in, and the Penguins played really well, but you always felt. Uh, the Leafs were in control of that game. You, you didn't have that feeling tonight. Yeah, it was actually kind of the inverse feeling. It was, it was probably a little similar. Not, you know, no games are identical, but the Leafs are probably kind of feeling a little similar, although, you know, the way it ended, not so much, but to how the Penguins felt after that game against the Leafs. Did you do some good things? Yes, you absolutely did. You just had a few too many gaffes, and it, the puck ended up in your net too many times. Now, the 6-3 score, I think that's a little more lopsided than the, the game ended up being. You know, I made this comment to you when we're watching, and again, the Leafs had a a ton of pressure late, chance after chance, wave after wave. And, you know, it feels weird to say this because, you know, they're the line that got two of the three goals tonight. But the only line that wasn't really generating a ton late was that second line of, of Nylander, Tavares, and Kerfoot. It felt like every time Matthews and Marner and Bunting were over the board.
boards. Chance, chance, chance. It felt like Engvall's line, or the Spezza line, or the Camp line. Felt like the ice was kind of tilted in that direction. And then, you know, it's not like it, it's not like the Nylander line was getting caved in by any means, but it was just it was it was pretty noticeable that you had the other three lines on the team really creating a lot and pushing and pushing and pushing. And I'm sorry, I have to interrupt my train of thought here because our hometown player, our guy Walmart. He is, he is having a meet and greet in the stands. So, uh, you know, I don't think they're listening because they're all talking to him right now. But I'm happy I got to get that in there. Wallman there. To, sorry about that. Wallman, our, our guy, uh, he's definitely out there because there are about 70 people in uh, Blues jerseys and a couple in Leafs jerseys, which I have to be honest, I respect. So, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. But I had to, uh, I, I had to throw that in there, Gordo. Well, you know, something because uh, this is your first year here doing the games together. So Sammy's pointing at it because I like that feeling that uh, they – Friends and family wait in a corner. Yep. And, you know, like these ones, teams that come from other conferences, just once a year they get in. So, uh, obviously, when the road teams won, they're even happier. Some teams, I'm trying to remember which one, Sam, got a huge, huge numbers. Others, not so much. But this would be the Blues-only visit. So, you're right about Wallman. I imagine there's some <laughs> Jordan Binnington family there as well and a Ryan O'Reilly family, but that's that's always a neat part. Imagine that, having a, a great friend or a relative playing in the National Hockey League. So so anyway, that would be neat, and he got an assist as well. He did. So, uh, so they would be even extra happy. I'd love to see the numbers on that. I feel like I feel like me or, or you, for that matter, making someone the the hometown player, the rep our home player, feels like guaranteed point night every every time that happens. I, I feel like, and granted, we're we're picking pretty notable guys more more times than not. But it feels like uh, if we mentioned you in that segment, uh, you're you're going to play pretty well. So I don't know. Maybe we need to mix in some some more Leafs. But yeah, back to uh, back to the third period of the game. You know, Gord, what what do you make of that? It felt like the only line that wasn't creating a ton. And again, it wasn't like they were getting caved in, but it just felt like the Nylander-Tavares line wasn't really going the same way the other three were at the tail end. And again, a weird thing to say when Nylander had two of the goals. Yeah, so the you know the upside is about balance again, which is what you're looking for. And uh, you, you got that again from the Leafs tonight. So I, I, I make it a bit more of a pause. I really like the way the fourth line played. And, uh, you know, Spezza created some chances. Sure. Simmons, Simmons very, very physical. Uh, and, uh, and so that part was all good. It just you know, St. Louis is a St. Louis is a deep team. Uh, again, you go back like Jack Campbell played so well on Thursday. Uh, didn't play terribly at all today, but played you know played ordinary. What you know, goaltending wasn't a difference like it was in Thursday's game. So you always wonder when they don't get exceptional goaltending, what what's it going to be like? But I, um, you know, I, I was happy enough with the effort. Happy enough coming back from a two nothing deficit. Uh, you know, again, Thursday's game, just Austin Matthews, Sidney Crosby, first shift of the game, and it seemed to, and even, unfortunately, when, when Matthews was chasing Crosby was how he inexplicably smashed his mouth on the on the goalpost and crossbar, which, uh, you know, caused whatever dental work he needed done. So, yeah, different different animal tonight. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly got that Austin Matthews assignment, and, you know, quite frankly, he, uh, he did as good a job as you, you possibly can with, uh, with with a guy like that. O- O'Reilly gets on this, the score sheet of him himself you know one thing that jumped out to me I uh you know look this this we talk we don't want to get all analytical I certainly don't what do you make of the early goalie pull I understand the theory you need two goals you want to push for offense but I think with a team that has the firepower the Leafs have you can afford to play five on five like a little bit longer and maybe you don't have that six three goal go in I don't know maybe that doesn't matter I understand that the analytics say the earlier the pull the better you have a better chance of getting the goal but I don't know anything beyond three minutes seems nuts to me i don't even like two minutes so the the poll before three minutes was a, a little early for me 
You know, and it, it just adds the per, to the perception of the loss. And again, the argument goes, well, a loss is zero points yep. if it's by one goal or it's by five goals. Uh, again, everybody out there listening knows the history. It's Patrick Waugh when he was coaching Colorado that had success. And then Bruce Boudreaux, who gave credit to Patrick Waugh, started doing it with Anaheim. And he started having some success in I don't, I, I, I don't know how often it works or not. And it's not like you're throwing in the towel to your, to your point. Like particularly when the other team's up by two, they have no problem icing it. Yep. And uh, on the empty net, when you're up by one, that could be. Even though apparently the analytics say you still should ice it, I view it as a very selfish play if you do it, uh, do it needlessly. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I take it that maybe like, like this one happened. They pull the goaltender in the flow of the play, and you know quite often that way you never really establish that you have the extra player on. Maybe if it's an offensive zone, kind of like Team USA had against Team Canada, yeah. the women's side, where they had the power play, and uh, again, you know, had the power play, and then they pulled the goaltender for the extra goal, you know, goalie and a faceoff in the offensive zone, and they really, really worked that well for uh, that while. But tonight, yeah, they pulled the goaltender, but never really once, you know, got kind of a set play. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing about it, too, is, and I know this seems like a ridiculous thing to say after the Blues are 6-3 winners tonight, but I understand it more from a team like St. Louis's perspective, a team that has to grind for their offense. You know, a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko not in the lineup for them tonight. The Leafs have, I don't know, pick how many guys, three, four guys that you're one shot away from, from getting a goal. So it's it's because of all that that offensive firepower uh, that, that I don't like it. You know, another weird, weird thing when you look back on tonight's game, and I, I didn't love the game from Riley and Brody you know it wasn't like they were a disaster it wasn't like they were turnover machines or anything like that but you have the one play where I think it was Riley who gets walked and, and Brody's just kind of or it's reverse so it was Brody who got walked and Riley's just standing there in the slot they're out there for another against and you know this isn't a this isn't a knock on them or a big picture conversation but it just goes to say that that's your number one D pair and if they have a night like they had it's probably going to turn out the way it did for the Leafs. And and the one we talked about was Nylander tied at two two, and then St. Louis. Seconds you, you, later, you just yeah. looked up, and and it was just like wow, just kind of a like the the worst kind of play from the Leafs, like just uh, caught standing still, and 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 you know after a goal, the other team is is going to try quickly to to respond, and that's what you didn't want to give up. So Brody did get a goal, uh, and it was a nice screen by Mikheyev, but uh, I'm you know. Lilligren had a, his struggles early in the third period, first couple of shifts, mm-hmm. but otherwise had played okay because it seems like he's the one we scrutinize. You know, you're trying to trying to look deep to see how those kind of players are going to play because you're hoping they can they can play more and provide you more depth. But uh, I I agree where we're talking about the Bobby Orgel Thursday by Mork and Riley. Uh, you know tonight they they had. Uh, they they had some gaffes, and I'll give I'll give Riley uh, credit. Not that he not that he needs it from me, but I, I pointed this out to you when we were watching. There was it was in the second period, and the Leafs later in a power play. Sandine had a drop pass about eight inches from his own goal, and right away the Blues get a chance out of it. They go back, nothing nothing comes out of it, but they go back to the bench, and you see Keith come over, and you know it's not like he'd shoot out Sandine or anything, but I'm sure the message was, hey. Not there, ever not there. And he walks away, and then Mort, Morgan Riley's right beside him. But you don't need to hear from me about Sheldon Keefe. Let's hear from Sheldon Keefe. Thoughts on, on really getting two goals in a great game. You said that line was, was coming around. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I had said that they, were, they had been generating chances, and it just seemed like it, you know, it was a matter of time, particularly for Will. Uh, he's been... Those those shots that he's had, he's in behind the D, and he's kind of in alone with the goalie. 
he's had those for a while now, and they haven't gone for him. Normally they, they do, and tonight they did. So that's a really good sign for him and us. What were they doing well, Coach, that allows them to break down your defense instruction? Well, they have a lot of skill. I mean, they're, they're one of the top teams in the NHL on the rush. So we knew that going into the game. It was going to be a challenge for us to, to defend against that. And, you know, they got the better of us. We didn't do a good enough job with it. But they've been doing that pretty consistently to everybody in the league. I mean, that's St. Louis is over, over the time, you know, they won the, their Stanley Cup and that. They've developed a reputation as a big, heavy, ozone-type team. But they've completely transformed how they play this year. And, uh, and a lot of that's through the development of the younger players and all that kind of stuff. But they're as dangerous as any team there is in the NHL in the rush, and they showed that tonight. The two mini men called kind of a couple of them, I guess, have begun to grade on you a little bit, and then they seem to get away with one later. Yeah, well, just speaking with ours specifically, I mean, we've had some with there's different circumstances and things happen, and sometimes you're bang, bang, but this one tonight was not a good one. We had more than enough time to process what was going on on the ice and let that puck go by, and we failed to do so. Um, what did you think, Jack, tonight? He doesn't have a chance to be good tonight, you know. I, um, so I'm not, I'm not saying that he, he wasn't good, but it just the, you, you give up five, and it doesn't look good. But there's a lot of gifts tonight, you know, all right around the net, tap-ins. Our team didn't do a good enough job for him tonight. What do you think? Uh, what did you think of the defensive changes you made going into that game? How that might have factored in Timothy to the difference? Uh, yeah, I don't think the partners, I mean, all of our guys have moved around and played with different people throughout the season, so I don't think that had any impact today. It was just how we defended the rush and how, how, we, how we handle that, uh, how we handle plays and speed coming toward our net. We just didn't do a nearly good enough uh, job on that. Thanks, there is Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe, uh, short and sweet. The other wow. day he was holding court, letting everybody know, hey, here's all my thoughts on everything tonight. 6-3 loss. We'll keep it a little tidy, uh, just like we will here on Leafs Nation postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, unfortunately breaking down a 6-3 loss to the Blues tonight. We will have more of a breakdown. We continue here on Leafs Nation postgame. Leaf Nation postgame here. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me live from Scotiabank Arena. Always feels good to say that. This doesn't feel as good to say it. Leafs 6-3 losers tonight to the Blues. Uh, the score, not necessarily indicative of the game, but Gord, I, I think you nailed it perfectly with just saying Leafs were just chasing this one the, the whole night. Even when it was tied up, it felt like they were just trying to play a little bit of catch-up. They'd tie it up. Seconds later, the Blues are, are back on top, and then the, the final score has them, has them doubled up there. It just that, That's what it felt like. It just felt like a team that was kind of chasing the game all night. Yeah, and to an extreme. I mean, Edmonton Oilers won this afternoon. They seem to be back on track, but, you know, at, at the end of it, it kind of cost Dave Tippett his job, and they said that. They couldn't score the first goal of the game, so you get a mentality of, uh, in their case, chasing for weeks and weeks and weeks, but and, and Sheldon keeps a, a team like the St. Louis Blues, and, and they got they got a way they attack you. Uh, they take possession in the offensive zone. I mean, they, they, that's the way they won a Stanley Cup, so that's not going to be anything easy, and yeah, they, they never really let you get going on home ice. Keep in mind, uh, they lost in Montreal. They don't lose many games. They had that game won. Montreal tied it. And then Montreal won in OT. So that's not a place many people lose it. 
Stop me if you've heard this before. A St. Louis Blues team middling throughout the season finds a hot goalie in January and goes on a run. Uh, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win the cup, but uh, this this Billy Huso is doing a great Jordan Binnington impersonation. Well, he really is. He's up there among the top goaltenders statistically in the league. And you go back before that great story, a local guy, Jordan Binnington, that Billy Huso, Billy Huso was ranked above him in the Blues depth chart. And that's why they were having a problem finding some place for Binnington to play in, in the minor leagues. And when the call came, Huso had been injured and also hadn't played a ton of games, hadn't played well, so Bennington got the call ahead of him. Probably three weeks earlier he wouldn't have, and, you know, the rest is history. They win the Stanley Cup. He's got the big contract. Huso is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. So when you're, you know, you're, you know, there's big name goaltenders like Jacob Markstrom a couple of years ago that moved and a Cam Talbot that moved to Minnesota. This is going to be a nice pickup by somebody, Billy Huso, the way he's playing. Paging Ken Holland in Edmonton. Paging Ken Holland. Uh, I think he'd like them now. He would not want to wait uh, until uh, next year. Although Mike Smith's uh, cleaned it up uh, just a little bit there. I did want to pick up on the point you were making uh, about the defense. Timothy Lilligren, you're right. He does. It seems uh, It seems like everybody in this fan base has kind of got their eyes trained on one of, if not both, uh, Lilligren and Justin Hall at the moment. I, I thought the last time out against the Blues, it was a rough game for him. I thought it looked like a really physical team that pushed him around a little bit. And I I'm not going to say he was a perfect defenseman tonight, far from it, but this did not look like a guy who was out of place physically in this game. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and, and again, because that becomes, to me, a bum rap about the Leafs as a team, about physical games that they, um, you know, it doesn't appear that it's their thing, which, yeah, maybe it's not their style, but to me, they're never out of place. And uh, then when you hear someone's gone back to the Marlies, you're associated me demoted to the American Hockey League like Lilligren was. But no, cap-wise, it's a few days you can save by having a player down. It's, I mean, cap cap pennies are that precious. Yeah. And so that's what it's about. And if whenever he's down, if he plays 25 minutes, uh, I see no problem with that. But uh, I like what I saw tonight. Yeah, you mentioned the Marlies. I'll throw in this little uh, tidbit. Uh, I'll throw it in again on our, our Leafs This Week show tomorrow. Uh, Nick Robertson scoring again with the Marlies today. So I don't think it's going to matter for this team this year. But a great, great sign. Uh, tonight, uh, a lot to take out of tonight's game. We bring in someone who has he, – he always likes to say the best seat in the house. Jim Bowen uh, – Jim Bowen. Joe Bowen and Jim <laughs> Ralph, they have the exact same seats. But you always say you have the best one. Producer Sam McKee. McKee, what would you make out of tonight's game? I, I do have an amazing – Amazing seat, right on center ice. You get the perfect view of both sides. Well, I'm glad, yeah, right on the blue line. I'm glad you guys clarified that about his amazing seat. We're talking about where you're sitting. <laughs> now I got the best seat, okay. now, so I get to see everything. But yeah, I think a lot of what you guys have said tonight is pretty accurate in terms of them just kind of having the game taken to them at stretches. I thought they did a good job to you know tie it up, but. Huso, like you guys were talking about, he made some big saves in that third period. There's a couple chances there where a game could have switched. They went down the other way. Pareko makes that great pass to Perron with the no-looker to set up the go-ahead goal. I, I really liked what I saw from the St. Louis Blues tonight. They played a really good road game. Uh, they got some good saves. They got some great players in that team. I love that Cairo. I'm really impressed with Thomas. He's got great speed. I, I, I enjoyed it. And Keith going... Uh, switching up all these D-men, trying different things, you know, putting Hall back out with Muzzin. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of when you, you know, you go and you open the fridge, mm. and then you look, <laughs> and there's nothing in there, and then you. What close if you it, opened it again? And then you close it, and you go back to the fridge. You're like, you know what? Maybe this time there'll be some leftover lasagna in there, and you look and you open it. Ah, there's still nothing. <laughs> so I, he's searching. He's trying to see if it's going to be different this time, but 
I really do think that they're screaming out for some sort of acqu- acquisition. We saw Freach talking about Labushkin from uh, our boy Labushkin from from uh, Arizona. Arizona. So who knows? But yeah, I think Keith is just searching for something on the D, and I, I don't really know what's going to happen here. But they they do need a little bit of help. They got caught a couple times tonight. The the other thing I'll say, and and hey, I know I know all of you out there going, oh, Gunning, get over yourself, but. The thing I'll say about this team, and it feels weird to be complimenting this much them this much after a 6-3 loss, is in years past, the Leafs' version of this game, it wouldn't have been a 6-3 loss. It would have been like a 7-1 or 8-1 pasting. It was a team that did not have their A game tonight, and in years past, we've seen that just completely melt away, be nothing, get kind of caved in. And I don't know, maybe that's the fact that the core of this team is that much older. They're that much more consistent. Maybe it's the fact that your third checking line can kind of roll out and give you an offensive shift. The fourth line can do that as well. But a this was not the Leafs' A game. I don't even know if it was their B game. And in years past, against a team of the Blues caliber, it would have been a beatdown, a pasting when you have your C game. And I, I didn't think I saw that tonight. Well, yeah, I guess that's a fair that's a fair point. I um, I always, you know, when I go way back, don't worry, I'm not going like 1920s here, but just I Newsy think Lalonde's. I yeah, Newsy Lalonde. I think of poor Peter Horacek taking oh, over God. in mid-season for Randy poor Carlisle. Because keep in mind, you know, Brendan Shanahan yeah. was here then, and he made the coaching change. I think they played one or two games in home, but then they played the three games in California and one in St. Louis. Yep, and. Peter Horchuk had this five, remember the 555 thing? He said all five guys are everybody together. Somebody else said this just in the last couple of weeks, but the, the, the California teams and the St. Louis team, like Leafs went 0 and 4, and boy, they went 0 and 4. And, <laughs> a resounding you know, 0 and 4. Yeah, and, and, and Peter Horchuk never had a chance after that. And, I, and, and why I'm saying that is just because I, you talk about the, the St. Louis teams, their ability to to put a, to punish this team and we forget the the last game in St. Louis was a was was a close one uh, the one other yep. game this year and it, it it was a barn burner but uh, uh, yeah I guess that's a fair point you know because it's I, I I well I mean you followed it of course but I can remember being up here just when mm-hmm. you're not making the playoffs and there were some horrible games and you're right and we'd start off with Leafs Nation post game and then Dion Phaneuf's voice would drone on and I like Dion as a guy but he you you started to identify with him as the Leaf captain for yet. Uh, another inept effort and you don't want to hear anything about it and uh yeah so that that is i guess uh, i one thing we don't get beat as much we don't you, get killed yeah uh, poor poor captain dion Phaneuf. you can only say well would have liked to have been better out there tonight so many times you can only do it so many <laughs> yeah. times after after uh after 82 games uh mckee I'll, I'll throw it back to you you know i know you look you're not you're not the only person in the fan base who feels this way but this third line, it really changes the feel of the team. The fourth line tonight, I thought they were great, and I don't think you can bank on that. What you saw of that third line tonight, that that feels bankable. Mikheyev is just flying up and down the ice. The more I watch David Camp, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's an offensive dynamo, but he thinks the game well offensively. Little sure. area passes, little touch passes. You know, What are your thoughts on that well, third line? I saw, I will say a little, if I can uh, pick a nit here. Please. On the Braden Shen goal to make it 3-2, was that? Was that the one that they scored right that after was. the came yep. back and tied it? Yep. A little bit of a, lackada- a lackadaisical back check from the third line, who have been so great defensively. They left the uh, the defenseman a little bit hung out to dry there when Brody went up to make the pinch. But I think they're great. They just have a lot of size out there, like I've talked about before. I love the way they kind of they just they're just rangy and they just get into lanes and like you said they make good little area passes they kind of beat the puck to a square offensively from time to time not the <laughs> not the most offensively gifted like you said but i 
I think the guy that was most noticeable from that line tonight, although he didn't really have anything offensively, was Andre Kasha was flying again. I, I just can't uh, say enough what a find he has been for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And a thing that I that surprised me that I found out a couple weeks ago, he's not a UFA. At the RFA. RFA, so they still control his rights. So that's a guy that you can see back in the fold uh, next year. The good news is, is restricted great. free agents have never been oh, overpaid in this market, well, no, so we're I good mean, there. I, I will say there hasn't been a lot of talk about what he's going to get paid. We so. should probably stop right yeah. now before there's any. <laughs> no, but, man, I loved his game tonight. Just really good speed flying around. So uh, I was that was really nice to see. And you just talk about certain trends in sports and – it's it's really hard to kind of just quibble with a team that comes to a building and is thirteen one and one in the in you know since they've played here. That's a crazy number. Where like I have no way to quantify this. Maybe I should call up my boy Stevie Fallon, but what other team owns another team like that in their home building? That's insane. So I know my boss, I don't know if Fabro's listening right now, he sent me a text that he bet a sizable amount of money on the St. Louis Blues because he saw my tweet about that stat earlier. So he can thank me for the money. Maybe he can give me a little that's cut on the say, side. Give some dinner. Wet the beak. But, uh, yeah, that's a crazy stat now that they're 13-1-1 against the Leafs. All I can think of with that stat is there was Justin Falk who had the line of, yeah, okay, we're going to go to Canada, we're going to play some games. Did they tell him about the Blues record? I mean, <laughs> yeah. not in Canada, but at least in Toronto. You have to, like, coming here. Gord, I mean, you've been you've been around the game as, as long, longer than any of us. Can, can you think of a team absolutely owning someone in their building like that? Uh, well, who had it the other day? Phyllis, someone hadn't won in Philadelphia since 1997. It's probably seven. the Leafs. <laughs> no, there, but so, because, I, I, you know, way, way back when I used to do the press notes and statistics. Yep. Like, that's when I got started. And then you were you'd, Steve Fellin. And you, Yes, right. I was kind of the Steve, uh, the Steve Fellin. So you'd, you'd look at things. And I can remember once, for example, the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, way before, way before Mario. And they had owned the Leafs for a while. It made no sense. Like, the Leafs were at, you know, Somming, Sintler, and yeah. Wendell, and whatever, Ricky Vive. And, and yeah, I, I you know, I people get on a roll, and, and uh, I don't know how much they know about it or not. I thought an interesting article Luke Fox had just about Stephen Stamkos just said, I'm about if Austin Matthews can hit yeah, 60. Yeah, I read this. It was and good. Stephen Stamkos just said, I was fully aware all the time what my number was and <laughs> where I was in the race. And, you know, so players are. And, and uh, so you wonder on a team thing. Like how many are around? Like how many blues? How many blues are around? Twelve years ago, when we started this nut. No, that's yeah. true. Like once, yeah. Maybe many, part of it is all those people there, all those friends and relatives for the one visit a year. The St. Really Louis Blues make, yeah. So you know that could be part of it. It makes there's 41 road games, but there's nothing more special uh, than going home. No, there, there's not. Like Hugh Heron Holmes, right? That's right. Like <laughs> yeah. Hugh Heron. Oh, but last. There you go. Yeah. You nailed it. I was waiting for one of you to jump in there. Uh, we've heard the commercial enough times. Uh, you know, let's just talk about O'Reilly for a sec. This this guy's a stalwart, Team Canada vet. If he, if there would have been one, he would have been the backbone of the checking line. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say he's underrated. I think insurance every, goal tonight. I think insurance goal tonight. I think everyone knows how, how talented he is. But you see him in, in the flesh, and he's he's not one of those wow players. But did you – I don't know that once tonight I was like, oh, O'Reilly's a little out of place. Like, he's just – he is as, as safe and safe sound a hockey player as I can think of. Well, you, th- you think how he left Buffalo with mm-hmm. that rap and actually he'd had, you know, so many years where the team had not had a team hadn't had success and you're starting to think is he, you know, was he responsible yep. for it in Colorado? Was he responsible for it in Buffalo and and then you go to St. Louis and I think the appreciation came obviously not just with them winning the Stanley Cup but the role he played and then even his gaff swearing after, which was kind of fun, just his, oh, his, yeah. his genuineness about it. And you realize that, yeah, okay, he's not he's not Austin Matthews or Nathan McKinnon or Connor McDavid that you're going to vote first All-Star for. But he's got, 
you know, kind of maybe like John Tavares now, you know, because Don John Tavares isn't the guy you're going to vote first All Star anymore for, but just some of the other the other things he does so well. Uh, yeah, well, go ahead. Oh, I just it's funny you mentioned Ryan O'Reilly in Buffalo, and wasn't it that like after he left there, he said he didn't love hockey anymore? Remember yeah. there was like a big story about oh, like yeah. how auto, uh, how Buffalo had beat it out of him and how like sick of it he was. It's like, well, I guess that'll do the best. He, he was the first one. Jack Eichel said, let <laughs> yeah. me follow that playbook yeah. and let me get to a contender in the yeah. Western Conference. Now, I mean, 0-2 with him in the lineup, by yeah, the way. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't poke fun at the guy, but it's impossible for me to think oh, of Ryan O'Reilly's name. I, I don't know if you remember this, Gord. I but do. So the Flames had made a trade or tried to make a trade for Ryan O'Reilly. And the problem was, was the deal didn't go through, so it didn't matter. But if the deal had gone through, the Flames would have then had to instantly place him on waivers because he was coming over from outside of the league. And, it, I mean, it was Ryan O'Reilly. It would have been a huge, huge trade yeah, package. Well they, well, they signed him as a restricted it, free that's agent. What right? that's, so that's what it was. So they went, and, and Jay Feaster was the GM, and it probably cost him his job, even though he did win a Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay yeah. earlier. Yeah. And they had not uh, taken into account that he, during the lockout year, had played whatever games KHL, somewhere think, yeah. else. So it meant, to your point, 100% right. So theoretically, oh. theoretically, the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche could have reaped the draft picks in return, and then um, all of a sudden O'Reilly's free or what what have you goes on waivers. <laughs> Fortunately for Calgary, uh, Colorado was not um, well, not just up on it, but they wanted the player, so they sure. matched the offer. Mm-hmm. But it, it it ended up being a little bit embarrassing. It could have been a huge, huge embarrassing oh, yeah. gaffe so, for the Calgary Flames. And the thing I noticed with O'Reilly tonight, and I brought it up to Gunner in the warm up. He's got a weird stick. His his blade on his stick. He's got almost got like a little hook on the end. It looks like there's like almost tape kind of floating yep. off the end of it. It's like a little hook. And he's so good on his back end. I, I I'm just I love players who play really well on the back end. You know, Sid comes to mind obviously. Tavares is really good on his back end. O'Reilly is one of those guys that's great on the back end. Matthews had a back end pass to the new through the neutral zone today. No to Marner luck. on the other oh side. He almost God. connected. I'm so happy you brought that up. I'm sorry to cut you off, no. but I'm so happy you brought amazing. that up. I love. There's nothing I love more than a nice backhand saucer pass, and O'Reilly is a, is a real has a does it as an art. So that tip in front of the net was great. I thought he was really really good tonight. Kai Rude jumped out to me. I gotta say I do like this Blues team a lot. Not to give too much praise to the opposition, but they really play a good style. They looked well coached by uh, Craig Berube, who was on Real Kipper Board on Friday. Oh, so uh, really really liked the game tonight. I thought it was exciting, and I, I didn't think six three was a reflective of no. the way the game went. I thought it was pretty close. No, I mean if it's five three, I'm like okay that's yeah. fair, but six yeah. three is. Uh, uh, it's more lopsided than it. And by the way, you guys got to, one of you have to take over Savvy's, t- Mark Savard's taping twig segment, okay, when you talk. <laughs> hey, our buddy Jim Ralph, so it's nice to know him yes. and Joe do an excellent job with play by play and color. Great to know he's listening oh, as God, well. Because we don't normally listen when he's on, so that's <laughs> nice. That's nice that he listens when we're on. <laughs> anyway, but a, a reminder we just said about that road trip, the yep. Peter Horchek trip, the yeah. three games in California, one in St. Louis, and Ralphie, who would have been there, says those four games. The Maple Leafs scored only one goal, Roman oh. Polak and San Jose. Oh, I forgot my it. So, God. so three of the four games were shutouts. So the other, yeah, because I just, like, ugly is ugly. But, yeah, it, it could it get any uglier. Four. Ralphie reminded us how ugly it was. Can you imagine, can you imagine staying up watching West Coast Leaf games and it. the only Guarantee drop of it. water in the Sahara being yeah. a Roman Polak, I'm assuming, dribbler? Whew. Boy. I couldn't. I couldn't turn Ralphie off, so I listened to all those right to the That's conclusion. Right. All those games, <laughs> all three in the morning, boy, uh, uh, or no, whatever time. It's not a perfect night tonight, but boy, things are better in Leafland than they were uh, oh, during yeah. that era. Six three is the final tonight. Uh, Gord Stellick, Brent Gunning here with you on Leaf Station post game. Keep on listening on Sportsnet five nine of the Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. 
This is always exciting. A little bit of breaking news in Leafland, as reported by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I think I trust their sources. According to sources, the sources, Toronto Maple Leafs. the Toronto Maple Leafs trade. And this is from the Leafs' perspective. We have acquired Ryan DeSingle and defenseman Ilya Labushkin from Arizona in exchange for forward Nick Ritchie and a choice of a third-round selection in 23 or a second-round selection in 25. So that's a little interesting. Uh, if you want the player now, I mean, if you're the Coyotes, I don't know why you wouldn't ha- wait out a couple extra yeah. years and get that second-round selection. That's but uh, Nick Ritchie for Nick Ritchie and a second or third-round pick for Ryan DeSingle and defenseman. Ilya Labushkin. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to pretend any of us are Labushkin experts <laughs> up here, but a right shot D is always something of need in this market. Gord, you've been asking for reinforcements or expecting them to come. Here is the first of uh, potentially many. Yeah, you know, and we were talking earlier about Ryan O'Reilly wanting out of Buffalo and going, you know, greener pastures in St. Louis. Think about Zach Bogosian wanting out of for Buffalo sure. and winning a Stanley Cup in Tampa Bay that year. So, you, you can't have a worse environment than Arizona. Yeah, we, we all became Labushkin experts once Elliot mentioned his name <laughs> and the fact he was out of the lineup tonight. So so he's a body. You know, let's see what gives. Uh, Arizona, when you see him, the goalie impresses you, Vimelka, and their D, really. So let, let's see. Let's see what he can do. Uh, this, you know, the draft pick thing, maybe there's conditions there. Maybe it's not just their choice. You so know. it does say there. It does say and choice of our third-round selection. It could be their choice. could be yeah. the Leafs. We'll see what happens. Anyway, so... I mean that that's not a Leafs are running out of draft picks they using are. those kind of trades, but they moved the Richie contract, which is a killer, and the whole Dzingle situation. Um, you know, that's I, I, I guess that's taking a contract filler back now for right now in in the deal. But I can't see him being. I guess a de- I guess a depth forward. I'm not huge on him, but maybe someone within the organization thinks he so, gives the the key is getting the defenseman, and the other part is uh, they move Richie, but it costs you a draft pick. So yeah, go also, ahead. No, just no, going to say ahead. that Labushkin and Dzingel's cap hit adds up to basically Nick Ritchie's two point eight or yeah, something yeah, to two point five. Yeah, it's, yeah. Around the, it's around the similar. It's around the similar spot because you so. know Arizona's going to be playing in that spacious five thousand seat <laughs> arena for the next four years, so they got to save every penny they can. <laughs> Nick Ritchie buy the place out with uh, with his so, big ticket down there. So I think it's a pretty you know I think that's a pretty good job of Dubis to to maybe. Get rid of a yeah. A that's mistake. what that is. It feels. But the key is their pro scouts about Labushkin, right? We For don't sure. see him enough. I use a guy like Justin Braun, who's 1.8 million out of Philadelphia. I mean, the lesser kind of players that could be fillers, right? You know, not not the big names, the guys like that that could be fillers. And maybe there's still one more shoe to to drop that way. But uh, um, that's what you pay your pro scouts for. And we'll get to see Labushkin and that depth we talked about. Well, it should be maybe not here for Monday, but you know, pretty soon. Yeah, we we will see. That's when the Leafs right. are, are next out, and yeah. Yeah, it, it's going to be a another body to work in there. You know, McKee, you you joked that Sheldon Keefe's been going to the fridge and seeing if I have any lasagna. I don't know if Ilya Labushkin is frozen lasagna. That's pretty good, but it's something in there new. It maybe wasn't three-day-old lasagna. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's the nochi I'm going to make up when I go so, home. We'll so, see. So apparently he was uh, playing alongside Jacob Chikrin this year. So I guess he was on the top pairing like of, of the Coyotes. <laughs> and then he played with – he also played with uh, Oliver ekman Larson in years prior. So okay. he is playing on one of their top units. I'm sure that at least don't have that in mind here. But 
I guess that what what you would say there is that he's able to play with more of an offensive minded, maybe sort of forward skating kind of guy. So maybe you think of him on the right side with the, maybe with the Rasmus Sandin, and that opens you up to do something with one of Hall or or Lilligren, and that just gives you a little bit more depth. I don't think anybody's expecting him to come in here and you know set, set the world on fire, but it's nice to add some depth, and it's very nice that it's right-handed depth because right-handed defenseman. You know, I, if I were ever going to come back as something in a in a, another life, it would be a right handed shooting defenseman that can skate. Well, way to aim high there. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. 12. Um, <laughs> Leafs, uh, Leafs. I'm a left-handed forward that can't skate. Yeah. So Le- I'm the Leafs Nation Leafs this week is 12 noon tomorrow, by the way. So this will give us fodder, right. oh, yeah. uh, fodder to talk about it. Um, if you're played in Arizona, Labushkin has never been in the offensive zone, by the way. So this is going <laughs> to be refreshing for him when he comes to Toronto well, to see what he can do. That's a, that's a great in point. The, in the offensive <laughs> zone. I, I used last year. I thought Boston made a great pickup of Mike Riley from Ottawa for a third-round pick. I like that. You know what I mean? Like yep. uh, it, it, He came from a worse situation in Ottawa to a better in Boston. I thought he was a real solid pickup. And, you know, that's what I kind of look at, that if – uh, Labushkin could be that. That would be great. If he could be better than that, would be phenomenal. But if he could be close to that, that might be okay. Yeah, <laughs> and again, he's going to have a whole other half of the ice that he's well, allowed to play in now, well, actually getting in the might, offensive yeah, he zone. He might lack stamina. I can imagine him just <laughs> coming in to Toronto and, you know, after playing in, in Arizona, just, oh, you, you guys play fast? Oh, know? no, I <laughs> thought you were going to say, man, his passes are hard. He's <laughs> really snapping that thing around. So that's interesting. I'm, I'm happy to see them wheeling and dealing. You know, there's another one off the board for our poor uh, NHL trade deadline oh, coverage. No. So that was one that's gone way early. But and the other, and the other thing is the, the Leafs to make him feel welcome. There's one more game only at fifty fifty percent capacity, so he'll, <laughs> feel, he'll feel like he's in Arizona. Oh my God! We need so the rim is, shots going here. Yuck yucks open down the street. Holy hell! So that's another thing he'll he'll be able to take time to get acclimated, right? Oh God, Gord, I love you, man. Oh Gord, I I can't beat that. I I do not have a better joke than that. That's just very very good. But in in all honesty, I think that's the thing. Maybe you find a player who is overwhelmed by all the talent and playing with it. Maybe you find a player whose game is kind of unlocked. The good news is is that the, the good news about this trade is that this is not the savior for the Leafs. No one is saying, oh, finally, we found Jake Muzzin's partner. No. Nope, you found a guy who is going to be in the mix, and he's going to be one of those guys. Shelton Keefe opens the fridge and says, all right, throw a little soya sauce and see <laughs> so, how this goes. You addressed a need. Yeah, you, so, you addressed a need. Hopefully, hopefully you addressed it strongly. I could, and I could see maybe uh, tomorrow a Ryan Dezingles on waivers type of thing. That. So we don't know. Because, who, who, I mean, they, they got a lot of really tight cap stuff to figure out. So uh, it's a good trade for the Leafs. We'll see how it works out. But, yeah, I'm, that's pretty much what you're good. Well, that seems like as good a note as any. I just was I was just going to wonderfully say that seems like as good a note as any to say in the next uh, 14 hours or so, Gordo and I will have plenty of time to wrap our heads around this move. We'll have plenty more on the Labushkin. We, I will say, I, I'm not as funny as Gord, but I will get in one more joke before we leave. I'm happy Ilya Labushkin is here in Toronto, but him not being in Montreal is a crime. Because how good would it be to hear, hey, Labushkin, on a goal? Okay. I love that joke. <laughs> and here we go. This is, here's a quick little scouting report okay. on Ilya Labushkin. He's acquired by Toronto as a one-way, and I mean a one-way third-pairing defensive defenseman. Brings no offense to the table whatsoever, but has a consistent track record of suppressing scoring chances against, playing mostly with Chikrin this season. So there you go. Okay, there's the scouting report, courtesy Sam McKee, courtesy someone, uh, Gord Stellick and Brent Gunning. We're wrapping up here on Leaf Station postgame. We'll be back tomorrow at noon on the fan with the Leafs this week. Thanks so much to everybody who helped us out behind the scenes, and thank you to listening to Leaf Station postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network.